Well, thank you so much for joining us on Transportation Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast, and we're doing an interview today in a place that we've never done an interview before, on board a ship. We're on the Radiance of the Seas, Royal Caribbean International's ship, and I'm joined by the captain of the Radiance of the Seas, Marek Slabby. Captain, thank you so much for being on Transportation Radio. Well, it's great to have you. I'm really, really excited to, and to have you in Alaska. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful cruise. It is certainly, uh, for those who have not been here, something that is not to be missed. The views and the, uh, the terrain and all that goes into it is just amazing as we're cruising around the Gulf of Alaska today. Well, why don't we start off with telling me a bit about the ship that we're on, the Radiance of the Seas. Not so much statistics, but tell me just a little bit about the ship that you are the captain of, if you would, please. Well, I'd be delighted to. Uh, Radiance is not uh, the largest cruise ship around the world. She's mature 18 years of age, and uh, uh, out of 25 ships owned by Royal Caribbean these days, she's probably in uh, somewhere in the medium-sized range, or just below the medium-sized range, which is perfect for cruising Alaska, without a doubt. 2,400, 2,500 guests, uh, 900 crew members, and... Uh, yeah, she's been around for quite some time, different parts of the world, and uh, most recently we cruised between uh, Australia, New Zealand, and Alaska. Of course, we try to go to places uh, where it's not too cold, so we don't do Alaska in the winter, we do Alaska in the summer, and then when the summer comes uh, to Australia and New Zealand, that's the time we move across the Pacific, uh, stopping in Hawaii, French Polynesia, uh, beautiful places, and uh, then we end up uh, for our and northern hemisphere winter and southern hemisphere summer down there before we return to Alaska. And that's uh, what we've been doing for the last few years on the Radiance. Although I'm uh, quite new to the Radiance of the Seas, being with the company for 15 years, has moved between ships and I joined Radiance January this year. And I'm hoping to stay here for two, three, uh, having a wonderful team working with me here. We don't normally get to talk with people in the maritime industry. So Folks who are listening to this may not be overly familiar with mm -hmm. some of the career paths that someone would follow in the maritime industry. Tell me a little bit about your background. I was reading a bit of your biography. Mm -hmm. You were born in Gdansk, Poland, which obviously is very well known as being home of uh, shipyards uh, in Poland. So mm -hmm. maritime is certainly in your blood and background, if you will, but uh, you had to make a decision at some point that you wanted to work in this industry. Yes, I have to admit that uh, my father, who spent more than 40 years at sea as an engineer, he brought me to the sea when I was little. And uh, he showed me around. He never worked on cruise ships, though. He worked on cargo ships, tankers, uh, fish processing vessels. And uh, I spent some time, two, three days every now and then with him, uh, walking around, uh, just trying to see what I, this is something I would be doing in the future or not. And I, I fell in love with the sea, I have to admit. The only thing I didn't fall in love with was engineering. And uh, as much as I respect what happens down there, and then let's face it, the, they, these guys do a lot of uh, an amazing job uh, down in the engine spaces. But uh, when I went up to see what the bridge was like, I thought, hmm, this is something I could consider doing in the future. Of course, there was, uh, there was a lot of sports, music being my passion, uh, somewhere in between. So... There was a bit of hesitation at some point when I was a teenager, thinking, should I maybe go for the show business, maybe uh, maybe play soccer? Uh, but then, yeah, the, the sea was calling, I guess, and uh, I went to Maritime University uh, at the end. And um, uh, being five, uh, spending five years in the university, you spend half of the time at sea doing the CEC practice. And uh, graduating from Maritime University back home in Poland, 
I uh, became a bridge officer. So it's been uh, it's been twenty eight years now, uh, out at sea, uh, and it all st- it, it started on uh, on cargo ships. Uh, I never ever thought of being on cruise ships, to be honest. And uh, I worked on ships carrying cars, containers, uh, liquefied gas, uh, whatever else. And then uh, one day I got a call from uh, the other company that doesn't exist anymore. They were just starting up cruise uh, industry business, and then they said, "Well, would you like to try cruise ship?" said, okay, why not? Uh, don't know anything about those, so I might as well try. And it's been now 22 years on cruise ships. Uh, the other company, as I said, doesn't operate any longer. Moved to Royal Caribbean uh, 15 years ago, and uh, I've been, uh, we've been happily married since. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the obvious difference between carrying cargo and carrying people, what are some of the differences between running a ship that is a cruise ship and running a cargo ship? Yeah, definitely there's a, a larger responsibility, which I've always loved and I always wanted to go uh, to, to reach uh, the, the position I'm in right now. Uh, but the great thing is, is the teamwork. Uh, we have uh, cargo ships, we're talking about 15, maybe 20, larger 25 crew members on board. A few to work with, uh, but um, having 900 on here or up to 2,000 on our larger ships, that's where you talk about the teamwork and uh, you you really want to make sure that all the puzzles fit in and then everything works uh, the way it should work for guest satisfaction obviously so that part is something that really drives me i love that and uh, moving from one place to another as i said changing ships every two or three years you build a new team you get together with the new team and you learn new leadership styles from different people which of course i do have mine but uh, you always learn from people, wherever, uh, whatever the time is, wherever you are in your career. Uh, I love observing people. You learn from uh, other leaders. You learn from the guests as well, who who tell you this and that, and then they talk a lot most of the time. So it's it's the best part of it. It really is. You talked about moving around from ship to ship during the course of your career. Where are some of the places that you've sailed to? Uh, well, I've been to quite a lot. I have to say that uh, most of the time, I think uh, I spend uh, uh, between North America and the Caribbean. I spent quite a lot of time in the northern and southern Europe, being um, Baltic Sea and then the surroundings, together with Mediterranean Sea in the southern Europe, uh, all the beautiful Italy, Greece, uh, France, that uh, basin. I did quite a few seasons in the Middle East, uh, being Dubai and um, Emirates, Oman. Mm, we did um, a bit of Asia uh, on cargo ships. I haven't done them on cruise ships yet, but that's about to happen next year on Radiance. We'll be going through Asia too. So it's, it will be a return after quite a while being on cargo ships. Uh, did a bit of Africa, cargo ships only. We're not doing cruisings down down to Africa just yet, but we'll see what the future brings. The only parts, the, the recently Australia and New Zealand, which is really, really exciting. The, I have to admit that the only parts of the world that I haven't been to are the ones I mentioned on the way down to Australia, or the Hawaii, French Polynesia, uh, Japan is uh, is a place I've never been to, and obviously the Arctic uh, circles. Uh, that's something that's still pending on my list, but sooner or later we'll get there, <laughs> hopefully. Earlier today they had the all the, the different nations that are represented by the crew with their flags and crew members from those different nations that were represented. I would imagine it's a, a little bit of a challenge uh, in terms of how do you communicate with people from so many different cultural backgrounds? Obviously, English, I think, is a common language among all the crew members. But 
there are so many other differences that, that, that people bring in their own backgrounds. What's that like? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a value. It's another value I, I treasure with, uh, with the company because uh, I remember having an interview when I, when I was joining 2004. I, I did ask whether we have uh, a mix of nationalities on, uh, or majority of one or the other. And the company was, was telling me, no, no, we up for, for variety, for cultural diversity, and that's something that works. Obviously, English is, is a mandatory um, part of the interview when we get people together. But uh, we really have strong, strong values when it comes to uh, our interaction between crew members. And uh, we talk about it a lot. And uh, the Royal Way is the program we introduced recently, a couple of two, three years ago now. And part of the royal way is is respect with one another, is uh, you know no equal treatment uh, among each other. Uh, we used to separate officers, staff, and crew. That's not the case anymore. For the last um, well, 13, 14 years now, we eat uh, together, we party together, we don't sleep together, but we <laughs> we do a lot of things together. And that language of uh, of interaction, of uh, friendliness, of uh, equal treatment uh, really does work. The, the team, uh, of course, they respect the fact that I'm the captain, but I try to show them that uh, I respect uh, as, uh, what they do because we need every single one of them, and every single one of them is important to me. And uh, I hope they feel it, um, and they're not afraid to approach. So we have that interaction, that communication ongoing every single day. The ship is not that large. We can see each other every day and then talk about things... Uh, that are on our minds, and it works. It really does. One of the things, as a passenger, I see quite a bit of how you communicate with the passengers and a very good job of keeping everybody informed with what's going on. But the one part we don't see is the external communication. On this particular cruise, we started in Canada. We're sailing through the United States, but Royal Caribbean sails all around the world. What about your external communications? You're dealing with various coast guards all around the world, pilots that come on board to bring you into ports, uh, authorities, things of that sort. Tell me a bit about the external side of your job to those outside the ship. Yeah, there's quite a bit of it. And um, we do a lot on board uh, myself together with staff captain helping me if I'm on the bridge and communication needs to continue. Uh, staff captain being my direct deputy. Uh, but we do have also the marine operations uh, department uh, shoreside in Miami helping us with uh, maybe a higher level of communication. What we deal with is uh, day-to-day business. So uh, the initial communication about the ports, the scheduling, uh, the ports we go to, the way we set up itineraries is done at the executive level at Marine Operations with the external parties being the ports uh, that we go to and the port pilots associations that we go to and the um, all the services that are required for our stay in port, being the agency helping us, being the shore long, longshoremen, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So when that's preset... Uh, we then follow the route that we we agreed on, and uh, we communicate every single day with the port we go to. So, say tomorrow we will be pulling into Seward, Seward being our turnaround port. We communicated this very morning with the port agent who works for us as a port representative, and then we say, okay, this is the time we will be docking. We just want to confirm this is the time that everyone's going to be ready for us taking the lines, setting up the gangways, and being ready for our operations. 
pilots uh, get uh, in touch with us either directly or with the help of the agent too. So the pilots that are mandatory to be with us when we inside the in local waters, whether it's British Columbia or Alaska, and they are pre-arranged by the agent. And then we exchange the information again about the time we're going to be at certain point to pick the pilot up uh, or drop the pilot off when we leave these uh, local waters. So there's a lot of communication uh, happening with the, with the agents who do most of it on our behalf with, uh, with the other external um, parties and pilots directly either from us or, or sometimes through the agent if we have a busy navigational uh, moment on the bridge. We've been blessed with very good weather during this particular trip, but obviously weather can play a big role when it comes to maritime operations. When it comes to weather forecasts, uh, for instance, uh, just a short time ago, they had Tropical Storm Barry down in the Gulf of Mexico, and I know they closed the port of New Orleans for a time, and at least one cruise ship had to divert to another port, not a Royal Caribbean ship, as I recall. But what about the weather? How do you keep track of that? Is that come from from Miami, some of that information, or is that pretty much all internal on board the ship? It's both. It's both in these cases. We uh, set up uh, our meteorological department in the Miami head office, ran by James Van Fleet, the guy people may be uh, seeing from time to time on different media. Um, He's uh, our chief uh, meteorologist who runs the team and provides the weather to all the fleet, uh, being Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruises, Azamara. These are the other cruise lines under Royal Umbrella. And uh, we get those reports uh, every single day. On top of that, we do our job. We have the contracts signed with the marine uh, weather uh, forecast providers. They send us the weather every four hours. So we know exactly uh, what our job is uh, to send them ship's itinerary. So the services know where we're going to be going, what days, what ports, and that every four hours we receive exact forecast with regards to winds, sea conditions, temperatures, uh, visibility, uh, all we, all we need to, to be able to, to make the port, to be able to make the, the speed, etc. Uh, so these are, of course, uh, they are really greatly reliable. Of course, from time to time, we may have something that even these guys uh, may, may have a problem to predict. But it's really, really close to what we, uh, what we actually in, uh, experience in the real time. So that's, uh, that's a blessing. Six times a day, we get a pretty, pretty good forecast. Well, we've been talking today on Transportation Radio with Captain Merrick Slappy. He is the captain of the Radiance of the Seas for Royal Caribbean International. Captain Merrick, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. True pleasure. Great having you, and I'm really, really happy uh, to have met you, and uh, I hope we, we cruise again together. <laughs>